All right, I think it's time that we get started. We're running a bit late. Had some technical uh, difficulties. Yeah, let's rock and roll. But I'm excited be to be sorted back. out. We, we took last week off. I'm excited to be back, and I'm excited to be joined by a very special guest, uh, Aphelion, uh, owner of Team Rankstar. Welcome. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Uh, you're a guy we wanted to have on the show for quite a while. Uh, the moves that Team Rankstar has been making in the last few months have sort of been unprecedented in Legends. Um and it, it's been great to watch, I have to say. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's like, it's been kind of a, you know, it was a passion project that kind of just grew and, you know, kept growing. And we kind of just, I ran with the momentum and kept it, uh, you know, kept the ball in the air. And now it's kind of become this thing that I just didn't really imagine it would be at the beginning. And I'm so, like, happy for it, for how it's turned out. Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say, you've, you've joined the upper echelons of like teams in the legends history you're right up there with team prophecy and uh you're also up there with team prophecy and <laughs> no i say that because there were there were multiple incarnations there okay. were all of them back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait both of those have me in common <laughs> i know <laughs> so exactly um, was team prophecy give me a little history lesson uh well the first team prophecy was me tvp9 maya I'm Delude, Tiny Grimes, and a couple other people. We, we were players in closed beta, and we were consistently like top 10 legend. So it was like, well, we're the greatest players in the history of this game. Like, let's start a team. And then Gwent's closed beta started, and my team left. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's about it. Uh, second incarnation wasn't really a competitive thing. It was more like a streaming thing. Um, that was like Justin, CVH, myself... Um, Bradford Lee, Matt Oblivium, uh, Pi by Pi, and that was like right when the drops thing started. Um, we had some concerns as a community about the farming situation. So like the original idea, the goal was that we wanted to create um, like a group of people that would host each other. The idea being that if a new player was coming to the community, having somebody near the top would basically like guarantee that they are always getting quality content, right? We didn't want new players to like hit the game and then be scared away. If you had somebody on that like you knew, knew the game, could explain it to new players, like, we wanted to create like a, a great experience for that. But uh, we received some negative feedback about our right. practices and decided to adjust accordingly. So, right. yeah, I remember hearing some. I heard some rumblings of the of yeah, sort of the fallout from that. Uh, what that led into and so yeah totally yeah. and so now it's just you at pelion hey hey <laughs> yeah it's i you know it's i am or yeah i guess i'll jump kind of into like how it sort of happened just like a quick background uh you know originally team rankstar was like or the original incarnation of it was to be a wild hearthstone team uh there weren't any at the time there's now at least one team one trick Who's doing awesome stuff but um you know i was playing basically exclusively wild hearthstone for a while and i was kind of trying to get people together and uh, i didn't really have much momentum with that it was the wild hearthstone community was then and is still now pretty small um so i didn't really like get any get anything really going with it but then i switched over to eternal i heard about eternal i think i saw like brian kibler or somebody streaming it and then i hopped mm -hmm. over there and uh, I was able to connect with just some like-minded folks and like, you know, kind of get together and figure out some 
plans for content. We had this like really terrible WordPress until like a month ago, which most of you have probably seen. Uh, but the original WordPress was even more terrible. So like the iteration that most of you are familiar with was still so much better <laughs> than the first iteration. Um, and it sort of kept going from there. And then from there, you know, we were initially trying to be kind of Direwolf Digital's like competitive team or like, you know, working on both of their IPs. But obviously, you know, Direwolf lost Tesla, uh, you know, and it would switch over to Sparky Pants or whatever. Uh, and so we, but we wanted to continue with Tesla because we were, it was a game that, you know, we we're really interested in, a game that I was really passionate about. Uh, so we just kind of kept it rolling. And then, uh, you know, I was able to connect with some top players in the community, like uh, Rai Rai and Endo and uh, PDM and Lateralis. And then it kind of just took off from there. Wait, I didn't hear Charmer in that list anywhere. Oh, yeah. Charmer <laughs> was actually the first person I ever <laughs> do in the Tesla community so there's something to be said for that i popped over and i was like reading something and or i'd connected with yum yum before as well who's like one of the mods when uh but i read something that charmer posted and i wanted to write an article about it so i did and i asked him for permission first and then i wrote the article it's funny because none of my posts ever draw any, any interest in my business <laughs> you have a lot of really positive things to say you know i look at your some of your, your post history sometimes and you're like right on man get that god pack <laughs> yeah when i first the very first time i met cbh in person he called me a karma whore <laughs> <laughs> and you're like yes please like i'll upvote that yeah yeah absolutely yeah i'll be honest i'm surprised i ever have any karma because usually usually i'm like the debbie downer right people are either like on wild hype trains and i'm like hey gang like let's set some realistic expectations or people are trying to like flame developers and i'm like hey gang Let's set some realistic expectations. And then occasionally people are like, I hate roping. And I'm like, hey, gang. Yeah. I hate the ring of magic guy. Hey, gang. Like, that's me. Well, hold, like, hold, you could sum up on. all of my posts with the phrase, hey, gang. And so I'm surprised I get any <laughs> karma whatsoever. I don't I don't know that setting realistic expectations is, is, is any longer a thing that you and I should do in this game. Right? Probably not. Right, but I'm like, wired that way. Has our experience, like, totally exceeded all of our expectations for what would happen? Well, I, I, I'm I'm wired a certain way, man. Fucking I can't depressing. help it. <laughs> <laughs> I said to him once recently that I've been to a lot of really dark places in my life, but none as dark as your Twitter. <laughs> oh, that's so savage. Yeah, yeah, but the truth is, is that it's really none as dark as our DMs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's oh. true. That's true. They're worse. They are, <laughs> they are so much worse. Every time my wife sees me type him anything, she gives me a lecture on how I shouldn't talk that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I, yeah. I think we all have that blood packed with at least one other person where we're like, look, if I if I go first, you got to delete this. Like, right. It can right. never see the light no, of day. Listen, okay. my <laughs> stuff, no, my stuff is always the opposite. Like, you know how like somebody dies and everyone's like, I don't understand. He always seems so happy. Like Robin Williams was so happy. When I die, everyone's going to go, I'm surprised it took so long. Have you ever yeah. seen the way that dude talks? Yeah, <laughs> that is fair. You just scroll through oh man if they started at like message one and like really saw the progression they'd like get a good sense of who you are as a person yeah i just i have a lot of existential dread and so yeah um it's just it yeah. like if i got murdered tomorrow they would rule it a suicide that's all i'm saying story fits that's look at his resume look at his dm history and yeah yeah 
God, our DMs are full of fucking stuff that's covered by the NDA. Like we have to, uh, we have to let them know they can't have those. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, look, we're contractually yeah. bound in this DM, so do not release right. it to the public. There's gonna be an interesting story where Bethesda <laughs> sues some police department. <laughs> <laughs> They'd win too. They sued the shit out of Facebook and won. Yeah, Wait, did and they really? uh, yeah, they're... what did they sue Facebook for? Something with their VR headset. There was a news article about it I read a while ago. Yeah, the VR headset, but they're also in, in the middle of suing uh, the people that made the Westworld app. Yeah, yeah which is true. one of the one of the uh, funniest lawsuits I've ever seen. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, they they were going. This Westworld released this app that's exactly like Fallout Shelter, and Bethesda recognized it as code they owned because it had the same bugs. <laughs> wow! Right? So somebody's playing through. They're like, "Man, I love." check this app out like wait a second we still don't have this fix yeah it's fucking <laughs> yeah. amazing it's the most bethesda thing you can think of when they're like we know that's ours by our bugs like your dragon's yeah. flying backwards you know yeah. <laughs> it's fucking incredible <laughs> did it just say fusro like <laughs> yeah exactly okay. oh my god the maze isn't meant for you dragonborn <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm, this seems awfully not westward yeah so uh I feel like I'm, I have to be, I am obligated to say something about this. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at other people streaming legends right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I see your main man and teammate streaming right now. You know, I don't know what to say about him. You know, we, we tried to raise him well, you know, we did the best we could, <laughs> and we kind of let him fly the coop to back to college, and here he is just streaming at the same time as the podcast. Oh, yeah. Come on, it's, coach. Uh... It's loyalty is number one at Rank Star, right? Like that's the trait yeah. you look for. If you're if you're an aspiring member of the uh, community and want to be part of Team Rank Star, loyalty. <laughs> I'm definitely chat ta typing this chat right now. That's amazing. Oh, I, I could tell. We can we can hear this the oh, loud sorry. mechanical yeah, I clicks. <laughs> I just had to give him a nice ping. No, that's all right. It sounds angry, and it should be <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. In his defense, he has to look at his phone to see chat, I think, so he probably will never even notice. Can you stream from your phone? Is that a thing? Yeah. No, but I think he has like a single monitor situation, which is why you, he has his phone. You can oh. stream from your phone. I've done it. I did it really? once. Yeah. I did it one time as a test stream. Like if you, I don't, it's probably not on my VODs anymore. I probably should have saved it. But I was downtown working one day and I was like, you know, uh, Twitch mobile app updated and it can like oh, yeah, do... I remember you saying that. Yeah, it can it can do from the phone. So I was like, I'll just try it, like see what the bandwidth is like on just 4G or whatever. Um, so it's yeah. like literally it was just me walking around downtown like on a lunch break one day. Um, nice. But yeah, you can do it. I don't mm. I don't know how you do it with games necessarily. Yeah, I've definitely seen somebody streaming Arena of Valor from their phone, and I'm not entirely sure how, but I like it. His video was showing him kind of looking down at his phone, like jamming the game. Arena of Valor is kind of like a MOBA, a mobile hmm. MOBA. Yeah. And then his image on his screen, or like the you know on the Twitch display, was just like fluidly the the screen without any like uh, you know you couldn't see any of the. Uh, overlays there was nothing like you couldn't see his hands or anything so there's got to be some sort of program that talks to twitch i think it's just the twitch mobile app inherit because like when i did it with mine it, i was doing it all through the twitch mobile app um and i remember like i could control which camera front or back i was using at the time um there was all sorts of I, things i feel like it would be a lot cool if you could see the guy's thumbs i don't know yeah exactly <laughs> I'd, I'd, just like i'd be more uh, into it 
I did see somebody. I, uh, maybe it was disguised host. Yeah. Saying that uh, what was that? Uh, was the lineage two when that first came out? He got a sponsored stream for that, and uh, huh. I'm pretty sure he had a thumb stream, and he was That's going at it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Zombie Hunter Nine by Nineteen, I gotta give you a shout out. That's awesome that you named your cat Emmerich. That is amazing. I think I did. I see that post on Twitter. I think I like that, but that is badass. Yeah, I got, we got a new cat. We named him Jazargo. Oh, that's awesome. Wait, is that the cat yeah. behind you? No, that's Celine. Jazargo has a cold and is upstairs with Sandra. Mm-hmm. Celine fucking hates Jazargo. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. uh, it's a period of adjustment, so she's as far away from him as uh, she can get. I respect that. She looks comfortable. She is, yeah. She looks as comfortable as Endo does streaming against you right now. Dude, look at how happy he looks. I don't know. He is comboing. I gotta give it to him. I gotta ask this. Um, when you start, I mean, like, Team Rankstar right out the gate had some incredible success, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, Please Don't Hack Me won the biggest Legends tournament we've ever had, and member of Team Rankstar. Endozoa, also one of the top eight finishers, right? Like, that is super impressive. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's good. It, you know, it kind of came down to Endo, quote unquote, first competitive member. Um, we were working with another guy, Metal Sponge, and he was kind of figuring stuff out in real life, so he wasn't as active, but he kind of did the, the digital handshake with me and Endo, uh, and we were able to connect. And, you know, Endo is, it's funny, Endo was so skeptical at first. He was definitely, like, we had a lot of, like, lengthy conversations with Endo being like, well, I'm not sure, like, you know. Yeah. Make it, you know, convince me, basically. And so, uh, but we ended up having a lot of really great conversations and kind of, like, feeling you know feeling each other out and making sure that our, our visions sort of lined up and once endo was on board you know we, he was kind of our in my in between you know getting familiar with the competitive scene and being able to connect with some of the, the players uh you know namely lateralis and paulo um and then when i met paulo and lateralis they helped get us connected with um um super thanks tom and you can call me al and then ultimately hack me so hack me was sort of our sixth and final member uh, and, you know, at that time, I didn't have any relationship with Hackney, so he kind of, uh, Endo did, and was really, like, uh, easy to, or really, what's the word I'm looking for, eager to help connect us, and so we were able to talk, and, you know, Hackney, you know, although he definitely has his quirks, is like a really great guy to get to know, and so we, you know, had no problems getting to know one another, and then it kind of just fell into place and then once they were all kind of in a chat together they like really put in a lot of work like the weeks leading up to QuakeCon and the masters qualifiers and all that i mean they were in there like i have discord on at work and i was just like i had to mute it because they were just you know talking constantly and like you know really going over deck lists and then granted you know endo and hackney were both on summer break from school but they were just you know super duper committed and their commitment obviously paid off uh, so it was like, yeah. really inspiring and cool to see it was cool to see. It's it's interesting to watch too. Like pe- like the the names of the competitive players for Team Rankstar are names that like I individually recognized um, from Legends, you know, over the last couple of years. But seeing them all kind of coalesce alongside like the uh, the other content creation team you have, on, it has been it's been cool to watch. Like you know, like a a, a little group forming out of pieces that I just viewed as individuals up until that point. It's been kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's one of the, you know, cool things that I've had the privilege of doing is getting to know, you know, all these people individually, 
you know, getting to know other members in the community individually. Like, you know, I have, if you were to look at my like DM history, like I have, you know, regular conversations this morning, I woke up and I opened up my computer and my, you know, basically the entire side of discord that you can see were all like new conversations. And my girlfriend just looked at me like, I need you to leave. (laughs) (laughs) This is is invasive. Like I'm trying to relax and you are just doing that. Um, But it's been cool to get to know everybody and, and, and see how everybody sort of works together. And yeah, we're reaching out to different members of the community and getting them connected with the content team or even just working independently like we've had several you know contributing authors essentially and that uh and that project has been really great um just kind of trying to offer like a, a hub for people to come and you know get great test legends content even if they don't want it to you know stamp team rank star on their name or whatever they can still contribute and, like, you you and i have different standards for great content because you you host articles by this hive offender guy oh yeah and <laughs> They're, they're, I've been meaning to listen. It's, I, I think it's okay to help out, you know, uh, the people in need. This is clearly somebody with a, a long history of drugs and homelessness who's just trying to find an outlet, right? Like, I mean, that, fuck, dude, that's all true. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. You know, uh, sort of. Go ahead. I was just going to remind people: if you don't know, Justin has a series that's uh, featured on Team (laughs) Rankstar's website called Hive Offender, Um, (laughs) and it's it's comedy satire at its at its best, worst. I don't know one of those. (laughs) I you you get name dropped in this latest uh, latest edition, man. Mm -hmm. Well, that orphanage isn't going to burn itself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that whole, the latest one, the whole thing came about because, like, in my head, like the phrase "taxation without castration" crossed my mind. I was like, "I bet I can come up with a justification for using this." Yeah, you're like, hmm. <laughs> "Use it in a sentence," you say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait, that's satire. Yes, it is, Aeolus. <laughs> I think it's good to have a contrast of different types of content. You know, I look at a yeah. lot of the the types of sites that we're trying to emulate or, you know, who's like leading by example. And I think, you know, having both really serious, like top level content that's, you know, very uh, competitively focused uh, as well as more for fun deck lists, um, as well as, you know, the lore pieces uh, that we've had Saiji's put out. And then, you know, mm. Hive Offenders, obviously, it's nice to have a range. Like not everybody's yeah. gonna appreciate those or some people come just for one thing and not the other. And so they may not get as much from it, but being able to kind of showcase all that the community has to offer is really important to us. I can appreciate that. I, I wanna say like, it's only been like in the last couple of weeks that I myself have actually started like, you know, on the on a daily basis, checking out Team Rankstar's website and like reading articles about legends. Uh, beforehand, I would just go to Reddit. That was my you know ritual when I was looking mm-hmm. for legends news and I'd read whatever was posted there. Uh, or linked there but like i mean it's becoming like a place for me where i i go to look for you know legends content and i can honestly say even though i wrote for it i never did that with cvh's website (laughs) (laughs) you know i really i it's funny i've read all not almost all but a good amount of cvh's articles between the lanes when i was getting in tesla and also figure out how we wanted to formulate our stuff and i think like i really appreciate the example that CVH sort of set with between the lanes. And I like hope that, you know, not, not that we're carrying on any sort of legacy, but I, like, I hope, like, I believe that that site did the community justice. And I hope that people perceive Team Rankstar as doing the community justice in that same regard. Yeah. 
Now, there has been pushback. I feel like we'd be remiss not to address this and maybe get your insight into this. Mm-hmm. There have been people on the subreddit who are not fans of the kind of like domino of te- domino like of like Team Rankstar's head, where like multiple teams now have been sprouting up. Um, I know Warp Meta has got a couple players now. Um, there's that Blood Guild. There mm-hmm. is uh, listeners. The listeners. Yeah. There is the Pokemon team. Uh, evolution, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, team evolution. I'm not great about this. <laughs> team evolution, yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious what what your kind of response is to this. Well, so I'm firmly of the mind, you know, and I come from a heavy ma- magic background. I come from playing Hearthstone, not competitively by any means, but uh, you know, coming from an environment where uh, teams are kind of the norm, and I believe that one of the things that can really help you know, usher in a healthy competitive scene is like active teams forming and like team can be a loose word of like just people getting together and, you know, uh, sharing deck lists and tuning tuning and getting preparing for tournaments um, and just generally, you know, being a community within the community. Uh, yeah. And part of what Team Rankstar wanted to do and why we kind of limited the amount of members that we have was by design so that other teams would form and it would sort of, you know, um, proliferate into this like greater, you know, these communities within a greater community, you know, within the Test Legends community. Um, and, you know, the, the the goal and sort of dream, you know, I had was, you know, in six months, six to eight months after Team Rankstar got a little bit more formalized, like there'd be a team tournament and it'd be like three on three and, you know, it would be all, you know, t- invite only to people who are more or less established teams kind of thing. And I, I've seen those types of things be really successful in other games. Uh, okay. And I hope that's the future of Test Legends. Now, of course, you know, it's not without its blowback. And I've seen people make po- make Reddit accounts two hours before they decided to post mean things about, you know, having <laughs> <laughs> content posted up through Team Rainstar. And like, you know, I do think there's some element of having haters, for lack of a better term, means we're doing something right. And it's the type of thing that like, you know, I'm not saying that people are quote unquote hating on our success by any means, but they are, are you know, afraid of change and afraid of what like a bigger, more competitive atmosphere might bring for the game that they enjoyed that was maybe a more casual atmosphere for them. Um, but I think that the community is big enough to have like both of those things uh, symbiotically. So I don't think it has to be this like, I don't want Team Rankstar to ever feel like this hyper exclusive thing. Like our Discord is on our front page for a reason. Mm. So you can come in and hang out and, you know, share ideas yeah. if you so choose. My Discord's on my website too. But no, mm-hmm. nobody, uh, nobody is ever active in mine besides me, and it's usually me, po- I, me posting sadness. I respond. <laughs> I respond to uh, things in your Discord when I get tagged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I do have to say, man, we did sort of have a team tournament. We had uh, Ian Bits's charity tournament a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool development to see. I mean, that, honestly, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen Legends as a community put together on its own. I'm I'm yeah. really glad that you mentioned that, Justin. I would like to talk to Aphelion here about his team's performance in said tournament. <laughs> oh yeah. What specifically about it? That's right. We fucking knocked out Team Rankstar. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> With Will's own deck. Yeah. They, yeah, they didn't ban. Yeah. yeah. I think that they underestimated their opponents and were aptly <laughs> punished. Listen, last the, the night before, 
Endo was watching me stream and I was doing absolutely terrible on Nixox because I was tired. I was so tired. Like I couldn't think. So I'm sure that they went into it like, dude, they can't yeah. pilot this. Like, yeah, they, he can't pilot it by himself. And now he's going to have <laughs> Justin talking to him. Oh, totally. It's like, maybe he's going to play the tournament on. This will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Uh, yeah, totally. They, I, you know, the, I think that tournament, um, I really am glad that went the way that it did and it was received the way that it did because we are hoping to kind of emulate that, you know, I think that style of tournament is really cool and unique. And like, if we can see more stuff like that, I think that would also help with the, the team dynamic a little bit more and also encourage people to work together, you know, if they have reasons to, you know, and I think we could, that those types of things, like we have a discussion at Team Rankstar where we're trying to figure out how to coordinate new events and like fun things for the community in general. And something like that is definitely on our radar and something we're actively working on because I thought that that tournament went very well and I was really happy to see its execution. I think Ian did a great job at organizing that whole thing. I agree. I, I think all the way, all around, the, the response to it was amazing. The money raised was phenomenal. Uh, Ian and Dust were excellent hosts and casters, and the behind-the-scenes organization Ian did was super impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and for a solo person, I mean, did you guys know difficult running tournaments are you guys know like you know oh, even yeah. on a greater scale what it looks like and so to have that kind of i don't know how much help you, you know they had with that project mm -hmm. but even you know just having a couple of people on that is like that takes a lot of work yeah absolutely what's your cat's name uh luna nice that's a good name yeah it's she's got like 16 names if you ask my girl so it's like ella luna kabang bang tuna something <laughs> that checks yeah. out. Are you? Did you, you know, name met, your I cat her, like way, she's wonderful? Oh, by the way, I just want to say that. Yeah, thank you. I was yeah. gonna say, did you name your cat like the entire lyrics to Mambo Number Six? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, or she named her, and I think it was. Uh, I don't actually know what the origin of the name is. I want to say it has something to do with Sailor Moon, but I could be wrong. On right on. Is it the entire like? every sailor moon character like all that would be amazing all grouped into one yeah that would be amazing honestly i like feel like i remember seeing like somebody's like you know peachy folder back in like middle school with like all of the sailors on it with like the names in order and i was like that would make a really cool like rap yeah i do that with uh you know with power rangers naturally you know i've got a dog mm -hmm. named you know jason billy zach kimberly Trini. <laughs> it's no big deal <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the power rangers my way video no i haven't but now oh, i'm intrigued man. i'm gonna blow your dms up after this <laughs> just be prepared uh so i we're 14 days into september two weeks in uh we were told that the new client is going to be launching in september we got we got about two weeks left right mm -hmm. you think we're gonna make it uh over under i think we i think we got this one i think yeah. it's not going to be without its trouble like anything um yeah. you know i think it's going to come out and people are going to have really high expectations because they've been waiting a long time and it'll probably have some it'll, it'll stumble the first week or two um but i think they're going to do their best to meet the deadline all right so here's where I do that thing where I say, hey, gang, let's set proper expectations, right? Get in there. So, all right, first and foremost, um, the game, <laughs> the game when it comes out is going to have bugs. This thing was built from the ground up, right? 
This isn't like they took Direwolf code and then piggybacked like it's, it's from scratch. The the amount of work that Sparky Pants is putting in to rebuild a game that was in development for many, many years before we even heard about it and to do it in such a, a short time frame is ridiculous. But like it's going to have bugs. So there's expectation number one. Expectation number two, uh, it's probably going to be coming at the end of the month because that's when our normal maintenance times are anyway, and it's probably going to be an extended downtime. And I mentioned this now on the podcast so that if you're listening and you're somebody who plans on trying to aim for a high ladder finish, do not plan on having it be very accessible or even stable at the end of the month, right? Because you may not have access to it or it may have bugs, so plan accordingly. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is that like, I would be shocked if we didn't hit the deadline because by the... By the time that Bethesda gives like official dates, and no, I'm not talking about looking like July for everybody who's about to spam that in chat. For whenever they, whenever they give actual dates, whenever they say like, "Hey, like this is our like you know target time," um, they've like in two years they've only missed it one time, and even that was only a one week delay. So uh, the fact that they came out and said publicly before the end of the month, um, like. It's going to be before the end of the month. It might be at the end of the month, but like it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it'll, I mean, I am uh, very optimistic. I, you know, also having played it, like it wasn't without its own bugs. Uh, naturally, yeah. but I think, <laughs> that's fair. Um, I think it felt like it was, you know, if that's, if that's what the like beta client or even the alpha client looks like, and that was, you know, not even the version that was current at the time of PAX, most yeah. likely, then I feel fairly decent about it coming out in a reasonable timeline. We played on the Alpha Client. Oh, how was that? I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll say this with confidence. <laughs> uh, fucking, I don't know. Every I time answer. we've played a version since then, they've shown market improvement. Yeah, Good. that's definitely the case. Yeah, the version we played on had some some pretty hilarious bugs, but it also had like you know hints of greatness. I will say that. Yeah, I mean you could even back then like you could see what they were aiming to do, right? Like we were, yeah. I I mean Justin and I just because him and I talked about it. Uh, I can't speak for the other people who attended that original event, like Ian Bits and you know Matt and those those folks, but. We were genuinely excited, even though we knew there was a lot yeah. wrong with it at the time. Like we knew exactly what they were trying to do. We could see it, yeah. and and it was um, a, a step in a better direction. So yeah, I, I have to say, like uh, the, the experience you have, like at events like uh, QuakeCon and, and PAX and stuff, where you get to play the very limited version of the client that they they put out, it, it pales to the experience of like having the whole thing available to you, even the version we were fucking with uh like i don't know it it had this magic about it that like i hadn't felt in a long time playing with a game to be honest with you and it's not that like the, i dislike the game now or anything like that but it has something really appealing and new and fresh about it uh, when you can go through the collection go through all the modes that it has available it's it's really neat yeah i think you know from what i saw before packs seeing it on the screen and seeing it on streams really doesn't do it justice like even though the client that we played with was a little buggy and you know again it wasn't without its own problems it's still being hands-on with it and just seeing how like smooth and how pretty and how yeah you know uh, well thought out each little aspect was like, that was really important for me to like you know 
have my sort of uh, confidence. You know, and so I'm really, I'm very optimistic at the final final product will be something that like really wows the community. Because like having played with it, like I wouldn't, again, I would probably be full of doubt at least to some extent had I not gotten the answer. But having solid about, it. yeah. The proof of the, so Boat Mister writes the proof of the new client will be how fast they can roll out fixes after release. Um, the what they've said publicly is a lot of stuff about how uh, it's going to be updated very regularly. Like I think the word they use all the time is iterative, which I'll be totally honest with you, I don't know what that means. But <laughs> they they say that like there will be small like live patch updates like on a regular basis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I know they've said publicly, because uh, CVH said it on his live stream, um, is that at least in their own internal testing, as they're, they've been going through this process, they were doing daily games. And CVH explained to people, if you don't, because he called it DGs, and he said, if you don't know what that is, that's daily games. Every day we play like a feature game or a feature match or whatever to test whatever the newest version is. So that, you know is something they've said publicly and that tells us that internally they're making changes and updates every day. Um, granted, that's a small scale environment, right? So it might not be um, as quick as whatever their updates are there, but that tells me that they're at least in a position where they are making updates every day and then testing it. That's, um, you know, that's exciting. That's a lot faster than what we've seen in the past. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, again, it feels like just for what I saw, you know, previous to PAX, to the time that I saw Unpacks, to the time that I saw, you know, CVH stream it, what, last week? It yeah. feels like, you know, we're, we're right on track to hit that deadline. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I know when it comes out. What the fuck am I supposed to say? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You said I'm not very excited. PB Killer does not believe. Or it doesn't believe I, me. It doesn't believe somebody. I am super excited. I'm super excited. I'm, but to be told 100% real here, I'm excited primarily because it, it's the last barrier uh, between us and new content. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I want new content. Yeah. I mean, client, I mean, having a new client, that's great. Like, I don't really play on my phone, uh, so I'm not particularly concerned about the mobile client. Um, but I'm super jazzed about new cards. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I play on my phone. I'm really excited for uh, a speedier or a more responsive client there. Um, and I'm really totally. excited about what it means for um, future marketing and mm -hmm. new player acquisition. Um, you know, them wanting to streamline. Uh, again, not necessarily when the version 1.0 of the new client hits, but um, they've said publicly that they want to... Um, you know, streamline the tutorial to get new players into the game and playing it faster. That appeals to me. Uh, they've talked about wanting to make the mobile client thinner so that people can download it right away and not over Wi-Fi. That's huge for new player acquisition. CVH has said publicly that uh, they plan on doing some more marketing once the the you know new client is out. Like those are all things that I'm also um, excited for. Not as excited as new cards and content obviously because the player sure. in me cares about that but uh, in terms of health of the game in terms of like the community I, I think all of those things are really really important yeah I totally I think one of the things that's gonna be 
what you know it's being mentioned in chat it, one of the things that i think will be really helpful is having it translate to the consoles now i don't know how important it'll be to like the competitive scene but i think for the casual player it'll be great you know it's been interesting seeing how gwent has implemented the the um uh, console ports uh, as they are not eligible i don't think to play in tournaments on consoles because you know all the tournaments i think are in person or they have a certain way of doing that that requires them to be on pc so and because the the uh what's the word i'm looking for the um, accounts aren't shared from platform to platform so, yeah, yeah the nice cross play yeah right. cross play isn't enabled like i don't know if you like qualify for an event on the xbox you know if you're able to play in a live event on because you have to be logged into pc and you wouldn't have hmm. your same collection so i have no i'm interested to see how that will all yeah, that is interesting yeah uh i mean i know that they've talked about that they want the accounts to be shared and that's why bethesda kind of threw down that gauntlet with sony essentially saying like if they don't play ball then sadly playstation might get left out of the console thing right I, you know, I don't know how important that is. I think, honestly, thing, or one of the most important things will be, like, the Switch, because the Switch is, Switch is, like, functionally the platform that we play on mobile already anyway. It's just in, like, tablet form. And that's right. also the, tech, you know, I don't want to, I don't know much about, you know, greater marketing, gaming, blah, 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 but I do feel like the person that owns a Switch is more liable to want to try maybe a, a game like that than maybe a, play, a PlayStation 4 player, per se, um, so I think that that's a market that can be a little bit more e easily targeted, but that's also with like, you know, no information, just like pure perspective. I do think that, uh, I, I do believe pretty strongly that the console release is going to be pretty huge for the legends. Um, and I'm sure like, it just like, I can't imagine a world where Bethesda invests the millions of dollars or whatever that they're investing in this new client, uh, that they, it wouldn't be accompanied by some sort of push in general, right? Like, mm -hmm. that just makes sense to me. Yeah, and I think, yeah, CBH, and don't quote me on this, I don't quote CBH on this, because I could be, I think I may, or I possibly heard this wrong, but I don't think they necessarily started with the client for the consoles yet, because they're trying to get it patched for, uh, you know, their existing platforms. Uh, so I think we're still a long way off from that. But I, my, my guess is there will be, you know, at least one, if not two, you know, content expansions between now and the time that that gets released. Like I would be, I think that's probably more of a timeline for something around this time next year, having it out on consoles than having it out uh, for consoles by like, you know, Christmas this year, which is what I think people initially thought would happen. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm just trying to think about what happened when they did the mobile release. They did mobile right alongside mm -hmm. new content. Um, yeah, it was right alongside uh, Dark Brotherhood, right? Yeah, basically. Like, Dark Brotherhood launched, and then Mobile was, like, a month or two later. Like, they were very, very close. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. You know, I, I... Per se, but I heard, or at least from my what my memory is recalling, there being not much development in the console side of things yet, only because there was, you know, had to get this hashed out. But if, in a perfect world, if it was out by the end of the year slash alongside isle of madness which you know whenever that happens uh, i think that would be amazing yeah uh, part of me is just unfamiliar with porting the unity engine to consoles it's it is entirely possible that maybe they haven't done a lot of uh console specific development but it also may be a much shorter gap too 
That's because, true. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, I've done some scripting in Unity, and I've done some stuff like just exploratory, self-learning, whatever. Um, but it's always just been like PC. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, I know that it works on mobile because Hearthstone uses Unity, Legends uses Unity, and and whatever. Uh, I just don't know how Unity transfers to consoles. So it, it could be a massive undertaking, and I don't know, or it could be uh, minor. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, again, I I think what I read was like some hearsay Reddit post or whatever, but I would love to see it out. I mean, that's my only would be my only incentive to buy a switch and so i but i totally intend on buying a switch for it that like i play primarily on mobile so having you know my phone which you know yeah. other things going on discord notifications and so on happening being able to just have like a standalone like literally like tesla console yeah. thing that would be awesome. that makes sense yeah i mean I, I own a switch too and the idea of playing on the tv like while i'm laying in bed it definitely appeals to me yeah totally oh i didn't even think about that every time i think it's in bed chilling but being able yeah. to put it on the tv is like yeah huge yeah i agree i recently discovered that through my playstation i can watch youtube on uh, my television that was mm -hmm. a pretty cool discovery so i have a ps4 that i've owned since playstation 4's launch yeah and i've played maybe 40 hours of destiny in that yeah. time and then it is exclusive for twitch yeah, that's mm -hmm. interesting. I don't own a console, and I have the last console I bought was a day one OG PlayStation Three, mm -hmm. but I will probably look really hard at picking up a PlayStation Four uh, this year around Black Friday, depending on the deals, because there's been a lot of really good PS4 exclusives lately. Um, God of War looks really good. Um, last of Us Two is coming out soon. Mm -hmm. um, there was another title that was kicking off. Uh, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, I know I'm. Totally. Yeah. I know I'm forgetting one more there. There was a bunch of stuff that just. I was like, you know what? It might be time for me to pick up a console again. It's Dude, the fucking my, the my, the janitor I work with is like he knows I game and he's like, have you played the new Spider-Man? And like I'm like, uh, I'll be honest with you, man. Like I I didn't know anything about Spider-Man. <laughs> and he just goes in this like ten minute spiel about how it's the greatest game he's ever played. It feels like he's actually Spider-Man and shit. So I think I'm gonna have to go buy that game this weekend. Yeah, I've heard now. I've seen so many people streaming it. So many people, variety streamers that are like all in on the game and you know swearing by it basically. And that yeah. might be my my next foray into console gaming. It's just been so long that I've like like even holding the controller. Last time I tried to play Assassin's Creed or something, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, did you guys see that Paul Manafort is cooperating with the Mueller investigation? Oh, Justin, you made it an hour. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, it's all I've been reading about today. <laughs> you made it an I've, hour, man. Here's been my day so far. I, I worked this morning, and I, I finished my work at like eleven, so I left. And then I took the cat to the vet. And then I read a bunch of news for four hours, five hours, six hours, maybe about Paul Manafort. And then I played one game of Heroes of the Storm. Nice, <laughs> yeah, good for you. Yeah. TES six win? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Hey, that's something we actually don't know. Yeah. I can't. I honestly don't know. Like, legitimately, that is that is a state secret at this point like cvh doesn't know and that not a like he's just saying it publicly like nobody knows 
Yeah, I have a question for you in the Discord chat, by the way, Charm. <laughs> oh, but I can't see it on Discord because oh, yeah. it's being broadcast on the screen. Text him. Uh, Twitter DM uh, me, bro. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I have a question for you guys, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, so when did you guys, like, I know you guys have been for a while. What prompted you to start, like, this podcast? What prompted you to start with this formula? Like, I've been talking to a couple of the different, like, teams. Uh, I've also been talking with some of our teammates, you know, looking at maybe launching a platform like this. Uh, like, what did you guys think about when you were getting into having it be video versus just audio only and having it be sort of interview based versus just you know like purely discussing the game and you guys also talk about different topics like what made you kind of lead into uh the way it is now um <laughs> so like god derek and i first started chatting with each other uh like right around the time madhouse question came yeah, out. yeah i was right? just gonna say it was december 2016 yeah uh because i was i think i wanted to record a video with you yeah like, well, the, I, I needed the, somebody the, to play creatureless decks with or something like no that. it was uh dwemer challenge was the first one yeah okay i was real. i was i wanted to play a bunch of dwemer decks and i was like i need somebody who'd be willing to just play a bunch of dwemer decks against me and so i reached out to derek and uh we started talking then and kept talking afterwards and then one of the very first things we talked about was like how we can expand our profile um just like what can we do to like bring more people to legends you know and we were both guests on um i know his name is mike black but i can't uh, remember jim jim class hero gch yeah we were mm. on jim class heroes podcast we were both guests i don't know if it was the same episode or not uh but we were both guests on there yeah we were on there same episode we were talking about um the meta fun shot the meta fun shot yeah yeah he had us on, a, on an episode where he was just talking about memes and like I don't know, the dy dynamic worked with us. Um, yeah, I mean, talked... go ahead. I was gonna say ultimately it just came down to we were like, hey, we like talking to each other, we like talking to other members of the community. Um, yeah. We wanted to foster an environment where we felt like people could have discussions, but we didn't want it to be. Um, like, there's a couple of different ways to approach a podcast, right? And one is we could talk strictly about the game and mechanics and, like, game news and whatever. And that would have been fine. But I don't think that people come to Justin uh, and I for that, you know? Um, yeah. And one of the reasons that I started streaming, period, like, even well before Legends, was just because, like, I wanted to meet people and hang out with people who enjoyed the same games and same things as me. When I was growing up, I used to, like, play video games at a friend's house, and there would be four or five of us, and you'd all take turns with the controller and hang out and eat snacks and have a good time. And so, like, yeah. I started streaming because I kind of wanted to, like, recreate that in my adulthood. And so, yeah. in all honesty, like, that's what the podcast is. It's like us, we all like legends, and we all like other topics that are similar, whether it's comic books or movies or whatever, or Paul Manafort. Right uh you know and so we we just kind of wanted that environment and that's what we went with yeah yeah and, and the the way that like the the show always goes it kind of like highlights that right like ostensibly we're all related to the like connected to the legends community somehow but then each conversation goes off in the same way that like friends hanging around playing a board game would go right the textbook example of this in my mind is always frank lapore talking about the justice league for two hours right <laughs> Oh, like on his stream? No, we had him on the on the podcast. Oh, really? Wait, does he play Legends? 
he was involved in the alpha and he wrote some articles for the Beth for Bethesda. So yeah. just we just reached out to him and he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. totally. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He used to watch a ton of his streams. He actually yeah, uh, uh, he reached out again recently and wanted to potentially do some more stuff with us uh, right around the Master Series. Um, mm -hmm. He he kind of contacted us about um, again either whether it was doing the podcast again or doing some casting stuff together. Um, yeah. stuff like that so like he's he's a good dude yeah that's cool interesting hmm. all right i'm i'm intrigued by this information he um, likes all the cat photos i post on facebook too so he's good <laughs> in my book oh man whoever posted the like conscription monk photo on red that like slayed me are you serious that was me oh was that you oh yeah, nice yeah, yeah. i'm scrolling through today so i don't like i kind of yeah. Do you remember reason. when Justin said uh, CVH called him a karma whore? No joke. Yeah. Here's the evolution oh, yeah. of exactly that post. Yeah, exactly. That was no, me. No, no, listen. Here's the exact <laughs> evolution of how that went. CVH and Justin <laughs> and I are in this uh, like shared group and we chat pretty regularly because, you know, we love each other. And Justin posts this picture and CVH goes like, literally, he, he posts, uh, I have no idea what I'm seeing, but I like it or whatever. And then I posted... That's what happens when Tullius Conscription only pulls Khajiit and he went, oh my God, be right back posting to Reddit, right? Like it's a hundred percent like, oh, yeah, I like that. that is, I think I'll take it for my, that is what happened. Yeah. Good. It, no, it's good. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, again, like I said, I don't see it, you know, it's been an interesting place for a couple of days and I don't see a ton of things that I'm like super entertained by but i was scrolling through like very arbitrarily and saw that and like legitimately laughed um but also part of the reason why i asked you guys about the podcast is you know one of the things i did want to talk about well on the show was you know yeah. keeping the so right now legends is in a you know sort of a content drought for lack of a better term um and people are you know feeling kind of iffy maybe about the future of legends not necessarily the future but like you know just basically wanting new stuff and Recently, there's been a ton of announcements for other card games, like, you know, obviously Artifacts coming out, and that's going to be big and great, um, you know, and obviously, uh, uh, not obviously, but Eternal also announced a big tournament. Uh, what do you think are ways that, you know, like either Team Rankstar or other community members, uh, you know, with somewhat of a platform can can do to help keep the community engaged and help keep things kind of moving forward? That's a great question. I, I feel like... Whoa, that's my phone. Sorry, oh, I got a new phone yesterday, and it's confusing me. <laughs> <laughs> you Sorry, you were like, yeah. "Oh, I got this really nice phone," and I looked at it, and I was. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a, it's like an S8 Note or something like this. I don't yeah, know. you had like an S6 before or something. Yeah, it was, it was not great. The camera was terrible. Yeah. I saw you playing Legends, and I just, I felt for you. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Derek probably has great answers to this. I have some off the wall answers. <laughs> no, actually, I don't have great answers. Um. I think, I think that the reason I don't have great answers is because I've been playing card games my whole life. Um, I say openly and publicly that I want to play every card game. If I had the time, I would only just play card games nonstop. So I am sadly one of those people who is equally as excited for some of the other things. And I know that that will make it hard. Like, listen, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to keep playing Legends because I love the game. I've actively throughout the two years or whatever that Legends has been, you know, open um been playing other card games it just hasn't been super public like i think the only one that i've streamed um was like i streamed gwent for a bit when that first released but um i've been playing a ton of other card games like behind the scenes and i'll probably continue to do so but i 
have been saying I plan on covering Artifact. Um, I like everything I've seen about it mechanically. I enjoyed the demo that Justin and I got to play at PAX. Um, I'm a big Richard Garfield fan for obvious reasons. Um, and not just Magic, but like Android, uh, Netrunner, and some other games as well. So, like, uh, I don't know if I have a good answer because I'm going to be equally as, as distracted. Um, if anything, like, the, Justin and I have had conversations off and on about, like, you know, our future for this right um you know we've mentioned other card games here in the past you know we've talked about uh hand of the garbage and some other things <laughs> yeah um, we, we've all got sucked into that game for a couple weeks yeah speaking oh, of games that we've tried but then like didn't stream yeah. um right. you know but like and, him and him and i already and we, were, we were both in the gwent closed beta too yeah we were both in the gwent closed beta we were both in the magic closed beta um yeah. You know, so like we're we're playing other card games, but like Legends just keeps me coming back because I enjoy it. So like I'm not going anywhere because I like the game, but I will I will play other things. I have played Artifact. Uh, I enjoy Artifact uh, a lot, so I do plan on uh, you know making some content for that. My my big question would be to other people like, you know, how do you how do you see this podcast? Because Justin and I have been going back and forth about whether we want to make this just like strictly freeform card games or is keep this strictly legends and then maybe do something else for artifact together um maybe not do anything together for artifact because i like justin waffles on whether he wants to do anything at all um i know i'll do some <laughs> stuff for sure so yeah yeah we've we've even talked with somebody else about an artifact team yeah like oh, that yeah that's not a joke actually yeah that's um, actually true but as far as like legends goes, it is. I think that we're on the same page that it is our home, right? Like right. the reason we have any anybody listens to anything we say at all is because of the experiences we've had playing legends. Right. And uh, and additionally, kind of like what Derek was talking about earlier with you know the the, the whole the podcast idea is that we're behind the scene. Like it's it's a look at like what it's like to sit around the table and play games with friends. Um, we would lose that big community that we have of people who are like hanging out doing the same thing if we would just immediately stop and did something else right um and that's what's important to me personally that's the most important thing is that i get to have this cool uniting like shared positive experience that like i don't otherwise have right um to that end, I think that like the, the, the ways that you keep a community engaged and, and you bring them closer together and you strengthen it is by having these huge shared experiences, right? I honestly, I think that the most recent example of this being hugely successful was the Master Series, right? Where like you had tons of players who were really, you know, either making names for themselves or people had, you know, had their own little fandoms who came together to watch four weekends in a row, the qualifiers, and then uh, at QuakeCon, watch them battle it out. Um, I think that that was hugely successful. And I think, honestly, I think the numbers for Ian Bitt's charity tournament were really impressive, too. Um, I, I think that even though, the, the, like, the streaming in general and, like, having these cults of personality around, you know, uh, successful content creators is, is all well and good, I think that the, the, the shared community experience is like these tournaments where everybody's bringing their own audience to it to join up and maybe meet someone new, talk about something new with someone new, uh, or where it's at, right? And I think that, like, uh, I know Team Rankstar has announced the, you guys were, have announced some kind of uh, Legends Tournament series. I think that's the sort of thing that the game needs more of. I right. think that one of the reasons that Eternal, even though I'm 
fairly certain it has fewer players than Legends does. Uh, one of the reasons the Eternal community feels so much more united is because there are several regular tournament events that are, you know, widely publicized and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, having spent a lot of time active, so part of my job, for lack of a better term, and what I do is to stay engaged with the various communities, uh, some of which I are more, uh, you know, on backseat, you know, I don't post on in the Gwent subreddit, for example, but I look at it as often as I can, or as often as I look at Reddit, I always, you know, at least spend a few minutes in each subreddit that we like, or in games that we participate in. And, you know, one of the things that is really unique about test legends is that if you look at the community posts and even you know go into the the comments there's not really people being mean or super critical or you know without some sort of uh, constructive aspect of their comments like there are of course trolls and like that does happen everywhere but it is significantly less than it is in other communities like even uh you know eternal while be it maybe a little bit smaller of a game probably has a similar size subreddit which i actually don't know but as maybe a similar level of activity and there are you know there's a lot more kind of naysaying and like yeah slinging a little bit and i don't mean to call out eternal that's just an example you know that ha it happens everywhere when, yeah um and you know also similarly having some cvh is incredibly unique to the community uh having like yeah. a really responsive and really active community manager well that's their job you know it's a little bit it looks different for company to company and i think we're pretty lucky in test legends to have access to somebody like cbh and have access to the community that we have to stay you know uh yeah. readily engaged with uh it, I, I i totally feel you on the difference between the eternal community and legends community in terms of positivity and an example that comes to my mind is that i went and had lunch with a bunch of the direwolf card designers uh, a while back and i filmed a video on my cell phone like my journey there talking about it afterwards took some photos and stuff and i uploaded it to youtube and posted it on the legend subreddit and on the eternal subreddit because i play eternal mm -hmm. and uh it was downvoted into oblivion and then deleted off the eternal subreddit mm -hmm. and on the legend subreddit everyone's like oh that's so neat like you know as you know if you see him again ask these questions and all that stuff it was interesting yeah. that is an incredibly characteristic but it's not the same things less or more than the uh you know for each community eternal has its definitely has its gems and it has its reasons why it's really wonderful and i, I do love the eternal community and again being one of the origins of why team rank star is what it is today like it'll always have a special place right on however again there is comparing test legends to just about any of the other communities i've seen like even you know shadowverse which is a very colorful place um, <laughs> <laughs> It is a totally different environment than the Test Legends um, uh, community, and it's yeah. you know that's what's keep, kept me most engaged. Is like you were saying, creating a, a unified and shared experience and being able to really harness yeah. that. And that's part of the reason why we are doing you know the tournament series and trying to like maybe make a podcast or maybe have another way to like engage with yeah. the community and just kind of keep things moving forward. I I would love to start playing more Shadowverse. You know, nope. like, because I like to play card games and, you know, outside of certain things about it, like, it's not terrible, but no, my wife won't let me buy the <laughs> mandatory body pillow that's required yeah, to play that exactly. game. exactly. Yeah. The cross-posting of that. not open in I'd love to see the stats about that subreddit's cross-posts with the incel community. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, so I love Shadowverse, and I'll say that perfectly because the game mechanics itself are amazing. Like, if, yeah. you were able, if you were able to literally turn it on figures, my favorite control deck of, like, basically all time is Tenko Shrine, and it's, like, 
it's this really unique, uh, like essentially artifact or planeswalker esque control deck that like okay. interacts with the game in a really unique way. Yeah, it's never support seen mage, but with evolution. It's yeah, it's exactly support mage with evolution. That's how it feels, and it's absolutely fantastic. And I cannot show it to my friends because they <laughs> exactly. will just judge me into the ground, yeah. which I understand. And it's unfortunate right. that that's what it is, but like it. You know, I also play a ton of Gwent, or I don't play a ton of Gwent. I really enjoy Gwent, and Gwent is like Gwent Homecoming is is like my one of my personal favorite game, or one of my things I'm looking forward to the most, even more so than like Artifact. You know, uh, uh, but that's like a more accessible game to show people. If it had a mobile client, I think that game could take off quite a bit more. But you know, when I end up telling people what I did with my you know free hour and a half, it's always Gwent and not Shadowverse. <laughs> <laughs> No, I totally understand you. Uh, uh, my marriage, my marriage is too important for me to play Shadowverse. <laughs> What's that? I said my marriage is too important for me to play Shadowverse. That's good. And same with World of Warcraft. <laughs> I recently resubbed and then... Oh, yeah? And uh, yeah, oh, no. World of Warcraft is just not a thing that you play if you want to spend time with people. I, yeah. I actually just had that talk with Sophie the other day that we really missed playing Warcraft together. Like, that yeah. was before we had kids, you know, because, like, the kids complicate things. But we were just talking about how, like, we missed raiding together, you know? So, my mom and stepdad, like, met right around the time, uh, right before the Burning Crusade. And, like, the first, like, four years of their, like, relationship, they just played, like, a ton of WoW together. And they actually had, like, a WoW-themed wedding. So like wow is like weirdly important to my family, uh, so like it'll always have wow. a place in my heart. I was like a you know I played like so much you know uh, vanilla through Wrath of the Lich King, uh, and I play a little bit of every expansion. But it's one of those it's just like such a deep yeah. needle, you know. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My I I I haven't really gotten into uh, MMORPGs myself that much, but I remember being uh, a little bit younger, and my my whole family is like compulsively does things like, like either drinking or find some other outlet for their time mm-hmm. uh and i remember there was a period of my life where I, for like a month my dad like almost stopped sleeping he'd be up all night playing everquest oh yeah Evercraft. and yeah and my, that stopped when my mom was like no you, you're no longer allowed to play this game <laughs> mm-hmm. yes you need to put it down i love you know uh, mmos and that's kind of like you know my bread and butter for a long time and my heart will always be there but it's like it's hard it's so hard to balance you know the amount of commitment you need to put into that with the amount of commitment you need to put into something else like the thing i like about legends even though legends on average are a little bit longer games than say hearthstone uh, but it's still something you can pick up and play like i play probably the bulk of my games in either in bed or on like the seated bike or elliptical you know in the morning and i can play like two or three games and then just like get on my day and that can be a good or a bad thing i can start my day incredibly salty which happened yesterday yeah (laughs) i uh i was a little frustrated so uh between my breaks i play at work right so like i get a morning break lunch and then an afternoon break so across the day total today i went like three and one um and three and one was enough to go backwards a spot (laughs) (laughs) yeah right i was just like what did i do to deserve this man and my one loss was to somebody that was ranked higher than me it was, they, yeah. they were like in the 20s and i went from like 38 to 39 i know it's just because a bunch of people probably were playing like dedicated during the day and leapfrogged me but i was like come on man yeah yeah i've been i haven't been i've so i've never hit masters i have like 
less than a hundred hours in Steam played in Legends. Probably maybe a combined amount, like 140 total between mobile. And so I'm like not quite to the point where I'm like shifting around. But one of the things that just absolutely can ruin my day in the morning is playing against three consecutive red aggro decks and just like losing horribly to them right off the bat. That's like a really rough way to get the day started. That's part of the um, reason why I do like Gwent is that I can't actually play it on mobile. Yeah. You know, jacking into that matrix right off. Yeah. You've never lived until you go into go to fatigue into a support crusader versus support mage matchup. <clears throat> Yeah. Support Mage wins that every time, right? Because it has College of Winterhold. College Winterhold. So they yeah, get exactly. two journeys. Yeah. My god. Yeah. So we're, we're... I love that we both fucking knew that because yeah. we... Like, <laughs> this is why we actually get along. Despite all the differences. It's because deep down we are fucking trolls in this game. <laughs> Listen, you want to know what's funny? So yeah. you and I had our little Twitter spat the other day and I was going yeah, through yeah. and consolidating podcasts... Episode yeah. 23, we legitimately had the exact same conversation. Did we really? Yes. Li I don't like, even remember what we talked about now. Uh, it was back when Journey still reduced the cost to zero. So at the time, we were talking about conscription plus Journey in that regard. But we were oh, talking, yeah. literally talking oh, about yeah. how those cards are neutral and you hated that. And then I gave yeah. my, like, this is why I don't <laughs> think them being neutral matters speech. And then, wow. like, and we talked about that for, like, 40 minutes, and I just happened to stumble upon it because I was consolidating old podcast files and stuff the other day, and it was making me giggle listening wow. to it. I was like, we talked that's, about this six months ago. That's fucking awesome. I totally forgot we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, so, usually in the last half of the podcast, although we're, like, already an hour and a half in, yeah. uh, we like to have chat ask us anything you want to ask about. So... Feel free to throw us questions about Legends, about Team Rankstar. Aphelion uh, is uh, here to answer anything you want to know about that process. Uh, we'll answer questions about anything else, too. Um, yeah, Card Counter Chris already asked one question a while back, but I was waiting till we got to this. Uh, he asked, since you and I got to play Legend or uh, Artifact uh, at PAX, uh, yeah. how it compares to Legends and other card games. I would honestly describe it as not even a competitor for Legends. It is such a different game. If it's if it's like anything, it's if it's like any card game, it's like Gwent in my opinion. And if it's like any other kind of, it's like Gwent and Heroes of the Storm had a had a child. Like that would be how I would describe it. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I think it's like Gwent Magic and Heroes of the Storm had a child. Like, but yes, it plays very very differently. Um, there is. There is a lot of, th like, it's the kind of game where, like, when you first just look at it with no context, you think, this looks really complicated. And then you play through, like, maybe two rounds of it. And when I say rounds, I mean, like, the equivalent of, like, start to end turns in that game. And then you go, like, oh, no, I've got this. I've picked it up. And then yeah. a little bit later, you're like, oh, my God, this is really deep and complex, right? Like, there's these these phases of your understanding. And yeah. um, so, like, Justin, I remember when we were at PAX, he was like... There's this looks way too complicated. I probably won't do anything. And then he sat down and he played it. And when he got done, he was like really excited. He was like, that was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. But it is very different. Like the fact that there are three boards um, matters a lot. And then the big thing is like how initiative passes back and forth and how uh, you know, like if you watch the fat packs footage, um, how the presence matters based on like the color of the card you can play. I'm trying to be very specific with how I word things so I don't mess something up. Um, <laughs> it, it's just very unique. It doesn't... 
um it doesn't play like any other game uh by itself uh there are like i i just see i see the roots of so many games i see a little bit of magic in it which makes sense because it's a, a richard garfield designed game i see how they tried to make it feel moba like with the way that they implemented heroes um and the items and equipment like it's just and the, and the creeps yeah and the creeps mm -hmm. and the spawning um like it, it's it is just very different so i it i i'm kind of with justin i'm not sure that it's like a, like all card games are competitors with each other but it is not what i would consider to be in the same genre it is as as different from legends as i would say like gwent is different from legends right like if you've played gwent and you play legends you know that they're yeah. both card games but they're wildly different um this is something new artifact is something that is not like uh like anything else i've ever played Ooh, alindra describes it as a deck building board game i would i'd love that description yeah. I think it will also appear, appeal to a different audience, much like Gwent, where it has kind of a, I don't want to say niche, because that makes it sound maybe smaller or like less appealing than others, but it's just a completely different style. And so I also think it'll be, you know, maybe slightly more expensive to like the average player. And so it will be that like cost of entry will also be a barrier for people. So I think, frankly, a lot of which, a lot of the greater Tesla community probably won't you know, have, like, they'll probably try it and maybe, you know, see what it's all about. But I do think that the core of the Tesla community as a whole will stay intact. Yeah, I mean, you're not yeah. going to, there are, there will be no free-to-play players. Right, yeah, there's no free-to-play. I don't think there will be any drops. I don't think there's anything that you don't necessarily pay, which I think is actually a really interesting model. And, like, while it does alienate some players, it also, you know, gives, it, like, creates a certain level of, not maybe exclusivity, uh, for the people who can kind of afford to play it, and so that'll make it a very, very yeah. competitive game. I mean, I, I I can think of several people who are the top sixteen at QuakeCon who are free to play players. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. and you're going to eliminate those players ever being competitors. Yeah, yeah. I'm really torn on the business model because on the one hand, on the one hand, it definitely appeals to me that it is a like uh, a paid to play barrier of entry because in my mind, um, once you go that route. Every person who plays your game and is involved in your community is literally invested in the game and in the community, right? So there's not like a, um, you know, I picked this up, I expect everything for free, and I've got like this opinion on it. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a, a level of investment that goes into that that I think kind of appeals to me a little bit. But conversely, I also mean, I, I dislike that there are many people who just can't afford it. Like there, there are people who do free to play stuff, not because they're just like cheap or stingy. Um, you know, I think it's specifically about like international people where the currency exchanges and just like the income differences, right? Like not everybody is like living in the suburbs of America. Um, and so like, I, I dislike the idea that, you know, some of the people who might really enjoy the game or be really good at the game might be held out. So I go back and forth on the model a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll have its ups and it'll definitely expect to see it. You know, there will be that big surge of people who play something new and try something different and, you know, will like come from various games to play it. But then I think that over a couple of months, they will slowly, you know, definitely start funneling back more heavily to the they came from. I agree completely. It's like what I, honestly, it's like what I, what happened with Gwen. I imagine a similar thing will happen. So we also have uh, uh, Gnarly Barkles, fantastic name, uh, asks us, how do y'all think Isle of Madness will break the game? 
can't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll I was going to say... good cards. Yeah. Uh, without going into specifics, I'll say I'm excited to see new mechanics. And yep. I... Uh, it's hard to tell what power levels will be like because on the one hand, we've had things like Dark Brotherhood and on the other hand, we've had things like Return to Clockwork City. So uh, where things will fall in line is uh, hard to tell unless you know specifics and uh, that, uh, I'll defer to Aphelion. <laughs> I think it will definitely have cards that will be played regularly. And I think it will, it will have an impact and it will be a, a set that people are satisfied with. I, I yeah I, I think it's gonna be a game changer. I'll say mm -hmm. that. Uh, Endozoa asks Zach, "What's your favorite part of working with the various teams?" Uh, I'll piggyback on that and say, besides when they stream while you're on a podcast. Oh yeah, my favorite, probably the best part of working with different teams is having uh, one poster child member members streaming with a hoodie on while <laughs> we're doing the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we love you, Endo. Uh, yeah, we love you, Endo. Uh, one of the things that I love about our teams is I, to some capacity, play almost all the games. Um, I don't play a ton of Hearthstone anymore. When I do, it's almost it's exclusively wild. But it's being able to be engaged with the different communities and also get a very broad perspective of what the different card game communities are and what they're like. Like, I play Magic but I only play Legacy at this point, and that's a very small and niche community. Um, so I don't see like the broader sense of things because it's like a really, it's a, you know, intangible game, you know, it's in person, a lot of the interactions and like different happenings uh, are kind of in person. Whereas these digital card games, you know, it's all online. So I get to see like the community is mature. I get to see events in communities that I find interesting um, and sort of pay attention to their as games and like study them and that's really interesting to me um and i you know i look i look almost daily at how many people are watching each of the games that we work in and each of the card games that we don't work in and then i also look pretty regularly when i go on to reddit how many people are active on each individual subreddit and i don't take like notes per se but i take a mental note of like what's working and what isn't and like you know how popular tournaments are for games um and how popular you know what is bringing in the most interest and in what you know communities are really engaged um, and that's one of my favorites i will say and i'm not trying to like continuously plug gwent but i do really enjoy a lot of gwent's like streamers and like streamer base uh they have a really great community over there uh of people that are are, are pretty positive very similar to test legends and that's like one of the games that i think has a lot of promise in the future aside from obviously artifact will be big but i think you know, Gwent's one to definitely pay attention to. Uh, Grognak asks, how much RNG is too much? I mean, I hate that this is my answer, but my answer is I will know it when I see it. <laughs> Actually, I think that's legit. For, my, for me, my rule of thumb is that when effects are... Um, when the, the randomization of effects aren't something that you're... Uh, average person can do easily with mental math. Um, usually my own personal rule of thumb is anything more than a D20 is when I start to get agitated. Um, and again, that's just like a personal metric, right? Like I spent my whole life growing up playing D&D &D and rolling a D20. So I'm like, okay with that level of, uh, 
randomization, but when it starts to go more than that, you know, if I know that my opponent has like less than a 5% chance for something and they're they're hitting it and I'm losing to it, uh, that, that personally kind of nudges me the wrong way. Like I'm okay with stuff like blood magic spells because like that's a small pool um, that you know what people can get from. But like I'm not okay with like heroic rebirth, for example, because that's much greater than 20. Uh, heroic that rebirth. That, that is no flesh sculpture is the only banned card in the creatureless challenge. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's my own personal metric. What about you, uh, Felian? Um, I think you know it's interesting. I GX because I like. I enjoy the like randomization element of like, you know, whether even though the game, like the agency of the game isn't entirely in my hand, it also adds a element of play that's like, now I have to adapt to the situation. This is like, this is a situation I haven't maybe been in before, even though I've played this deck 50 plus times or whatever. Um, so, you know, my threshold for RNG is much higher than most people's, you know, I, I, coming to Tesla, it's crazy how little RNG there is comparatively, but how much how like negatively it's affected the community or how negatively perceive it um i don't think there's enough rng in some elements of uh, test legends or i guess there's like just enough to be okay with you know what my threshold is but i could even see another you know sort of rng-esque card that brings up a random legendary or something like super uh, unique element but i don't think the community rec would receive that very well I uh, I will say like I, I remember there being back when there when I when I saw Legends advertisements uh, there was an ad that like said something about how like it was like the card game with no RNG am, am I remembering mm -hmm. that right? Do you guys remember that? I don't know. I've never seen an ad for Test Legends. Um, it's not that it was no RNG. It was I think that the marketing for it said something like tired of losing to RNG or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a meme, yeah. Yeah. What's actually while we're on this topic, really fast, I'm sure you guys man, is your guys' favorite card in Test Legends? Uh, today I'm gonna say Barter. Ooh, I respect it. Uh, totally unique effect. It, my answer is always Nord Firebrand, but just for the people who may be tired of me saying that, my second favorite card as of right now, the card that I'm finding every excuse to play in every deck possible, is uh, Seda Neen Courier. I'm finding more and more ways to use it, and every time I, I find something new with it, I'm like, this is amazing for being such... Like, it's so weird. Like, giving, giving Steel Sword a one uh, health body makes such a difference and the number of times i've gotten lethal because that oh one left behind and picked up stuff from merrick later on it just makes me giggle inside like i that's i fair. really like satanine that's fair i think that card's amazing in arena but i've honestly never played it in constructed yeah i'm loving it um so we've got uh ozzy asks me specifically quickly now that i have permission charmer or now that you have permission, Charmer, what Shadowverse body pillow are you going to buy? Um, I don't know. I'll have to look at look at the cards. I've I've been avoiding Shadowverse for a while, so we'll see. Uh, all right. So, uh, Zenkard has a fantastic question. Uh, what's the benefit of being in a team versus playing solo? What can the faceless masses do to try to get scouted, as it were? 
this question is for Ophelia, but I'll say real quick, the benefit for me to working with other people is that they check me on my shit and my stuff gets better as a result. Yeah, uh, I'll say just really quickly, uh, though I'm not on like a quote-unquote Legends team, it certainly doesn't mean that I don't interact with other people regularly, whether it's members of the community. Um, like I was just talking with Silverfuse today about deck lists and whatever. Like I, I bounce stuff off other people all the time. And even back when I played more competitively, specifically Magic, I was part of a very core playtest group. We wouldn't have probably called ourselves a team at the time, but looking back on it, it like was just legitimately a team. Um, we play tested together, we speculated meta together, and there's um, there's an awful lot to having a nice, uh, friendly environment where people can tell you when you're making mistakes and you're not like upset about it, and it just makes you better, in my opinion. So uh, now we'll let the actual master answer. <laughs> Joe's reply. <clears throat> to hack me's post was um so first of all i also didn't interject my favorite card which is tullius's conscription which is an incredibly unpopular opinion but <clears throat> the reason by why it is fun is, to play it is that it is like nothing else i've seen in a game it does a really unique thing which a lot of people hate even myself included in some circumstances but it's a really cool thing that only legends does and that's why i like it um <clears throat> i it, it reminds me a lot of Tooth and Nail from Magic, actually. Like, when I saw Conscription, yeah. I thought it was Tooth and Tooth and Nail, but worse. Yeah, so Tooth and Nail... Oh, man. I played a lot of EDH. Like, a lot of EDH. Yeah. And that's actually the end of the sentence. That's all I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> the things yeah. I've seen. Um, as far as uh, regarding the question, what is the benefit on being on a team versus playing solo? Uh, playing on a team and what I've seen the team Rank Star members do is really band together cause and it's not even about necessarily not including other players so we have a really active discord and we engage like our team members engage with a ton of other people outside of it like i'll pop in you know to i like to watch uh super thanks play a lot by just being on my client and watching him play and he'll be playing with, uh almost exclusively like you know he doesn't play ladder and so it's interesting to see how me you know me as the owner sort of founder seeing how that all looks um you know, the benefits are being to collaborate we'll have the, a very similar agenda like progressing as players and um and i think that teams don't necessarily have to be this like flies website and a sweet game um but they can also be just like groups of people charmer said get together and speculate on them uh, and just have a similar you know uh trajectory game that's really uh for people's development because like justin said being called on your shit and being able to like be accountable and you know being able to like talk through have the feedback from the outside perspective like, you don't always see it but you know i'd sit in on team chats when they're preparing for quakecon and masters qualifier and they talk things in such a way like you know i would have never conceptualized and it gave me a new perspective um and i think that's one of the biggest benefits of playing on a team as far as what can the faceless masses do to try to get scouted, I think probably the best thing to do would be to uh, beat hack me on ladder and post on. Uh, that's something I've done it very seriously. <laughs> I beat him in arena and posted the video. Yeah, if you just if you just make sure and you can tag him, he has a handle. But seriously, uh, I think the most important thing that you can do is just being a really productive player 
you know, a lot of people that we are working with have uh, established presence in the community, regularly talking in the test diligence discord. They engage with people in the player's channel. Um, they're talking to people on Reddit, you know, in generally productive conversations. You know, everybody's, nobody's without faults or whatever, but being engaged and being, you know, uh, being able to, you know, participate in conversations, even if you're not like a, a crazy top ladder finisher, like, you know, me and some of the other teams up, you know, we kind of talk about, you know, different players and like what people are doing and, you know, what people's aspirations are. And I think that's a really good way to get noticed. Sweet. Good times. I'm not there yet, but I'm I just close. wanted to get my one in. <laughs> Take it. Yeah, it's getting I have close. put my legs up like we're moving that direction. <laughs> uh, Mercury asks, will Isles of Madness get card reveals before the release like Houses of Morrowind? Uh, presumably. Yeah. I don't I, actually know how that's going to work. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll put it like this. Every expansion we've ever had, even the mini ones, meaning like Madhouse and whatever, uh, has yeah. had card reveals. So yeah. it it would be really weird if we didn't. Yeah, I know that like the minute Isles of Madness was announced, or honestly, I think it was probably before this, I sent CVH a message saying uh, something like, hey man, I have an idea for how I want to reveal a card. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I I would say it's a very strong likelihood. And... You know, a way, a way you can get noticed in the community, too, and, and not to destroy his inbox, but uh, we have a community manager for a reason. So if you want to be involved in something, reaching out to CBH or to um, Sean Baptiste is, is not an unreasonable idea. I know a lot of people get traction that way with Bethesda. Yeah, I do actually, speaking to that, I want to say, you know, one of the things that people ask on a personal level fairly regularly about, you know, how to like progress with either their team or just like different ideas they have um, is basically don't hesitate to like hit people up. Like, you know, worst they can say is no. And if you're not afraid of that, like that will carry you a long way. Most yeah. <laughs> of what Team Rankstar is, is being is my, you know, shameless self-promotion slash you know hitting people up and just kind of having a dialogue with them and i try to obviously be as you know uh not pushy as possible but like i i hit cdh up pretty regularly and you know he responds pretty regularly too not always but he responds pretty regularly i would have never had that connection had just you know reached out to him on twitter one day the the amount of shit this year alone not even my life this year alone that I've got to do just because I decided to up and ask is kind of mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can we, can we tell that story? I don't think, I think we can tell part of it here. I'll, I'll do like a very quick one. Um, obviously we went to PAX and Justin and I got to try artifact. Um, but the way that we got to try it was pretty unique because we were clearly there for Bethesda days, and so our time was very limited. Standing in line for like five hours was just not something we were going to be able to do. Originally that morning, my plan, since our event didn't start till like 2.30, my plan was to get up. The expo hall started at like 10. I was going to just get there before 10, get in line, go demo the game, and then be back in time for the Bethesda event. Like that was the plan. Uh, what happened, though, was they were like, hey, that morning we have a rehearsal. 
and that was at like 10.30. We didn't get done with the rehearsal till 11.30, so we sprinted to the convention center, uh, Justin, myself, and Glam Troll, and we get to where the artifact section is, which actually took us a decent amount of time as well because of uh, like the way the layout was and, and whatever. So like we didn't even find the artifact section until like noon, right? Um, at that point, there's a massive line and there's somebody standing at the end saying we're not even accepting new people in the line until 1230. So we all kind of like sump our shoulders and we're like, oh, you know, bummer. Um, but we set, we stand back because they were doing this like live casting thing and they were showcasing the game and they had huge monitors. And so we were like, hey, we can uh, we can like watch the game a bit, check it out. And so we watch it for a bit. and We're like, all right, let's go find something else to do. Let's go see what else we can do. Uh, and as we're walking away, we just pass by the exit. And I was like, hang on, I'm just going to I'm going to ask some people some stuff. So I walked up and I asked some total like. He's just, like, clearly a volunteer. They had these big, like, card cutout things you could put your face in and take pictures. Um, and I was like, hey, man, um, I, uh, I'm i a content creator. Yeah. Uh, they were handing out swag and stuff at this section we walked up. I was like, hey, man, I'm a content creator, and I'm on a, on a panel, and there's no way I'll be able to stand in line uh, for this event as a result of my panel. Um, is there any way that I can talk to somebody about scheduling the ability to demo this? And so he was like, hold on. And he went and he walked away and like two minutes later he brings a guy back and like I introduce myself and Justin and I, you know, give him like the speech and whatever. And so they scheduled a time. And so we were able to come back later that day. We, we got to like go through a sideline. Um, I was able to take like camera they footage. Referred, they referred to us as press. Yeah. They referred to us as press, let us into the side. <laughs> they had like a Valve employee basically sitting with us answering all of our questions um, afterwards, I got to talk with, um, some more Valve employees, uh, one, uh, a couple of devs on the game. One of them is pretty famous, well-known Bruno. Uh, he was very nice, um, answered a bunch more of my questions. Uh, and that's about where the story will end. Um, they gave us obviously free stuff that everybody got from the swag thing, but I had good talks with them and I really enjoyed our demo and, uh, yeah. That's, that's, I think, as much of that story as we can tell right now. Good times. <laughs> All right, I'm sure we got some more questions. Yeah, I'm, uh, let's, let's catch up here real quick. Oh, what did Will do? He got purged. Oh, he was trying to post in a link and my bot's dumb. Sorry, Will. Uh, all right, trying to spice things up in your videos. What has been your favorite creature for OTK? Asks Grognak. Um. Well, I mean, just in last night's video, I was able to ramp into an early Lich's Ascension and follow it up with three Iron Atronachs. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty sweet. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, my some of my happy. Like, one of the coolest kills I ever had was with. Bardbark experiments. I mean, I just built a deck that was had as many ways as I could possibly find to kill somebody with Bardbarks. I once killed a guy with a thirty-one, no, thirty-two power uh, enraged mud crab. That was a long time ago. Um, I've been having fun with Support Crusader with Volendrong multiple act activations in one turn. You can kill someone out of nowhere. That's a good one. Diabetes is gaining traction, I just saw in chat. I have type 1 diabetes. I have for 27 years. 
Yeah, that that's a fun fact. Yeah. I don't know. You, I mean, like the the great thing about legends is that, like complain as everybody will, you know, myself included, about cards they don't like or cards they think are unbalanced. The game is over is like exceptionally well balanced in general. I was I have to say, like I think it's been that way most of the time. And so, like, if you have a crazy idea, like you can win a game with it on the ladder. Like you may have to work for it a little bit, but you can make anything happen. Uh, it's not unrealistic. I once used the Nixox combo shell to pull out a, an army of charging, draining lowland trolls to kill a guy, uh, <laughs> because like I, you know, because I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, legends. Uh, legends is is a bit fun as long as I don't have to deal with Belmore Spymaster. There was a, a question uh, to me specifically, how would you change Belmore Spymaster? And the answer to that is delete it. Um, Wait, do you just abhor that card? I, I hate Belmore Spymaster so much because it, it definitely... Um, it breaks... So my rule of thumb I was talking about earlier was like that D20 is just like my own mm -hmm. like internal metric kind of. And Belmore Spymaster is the kind of card that... Um, not only shatters that, um, but like it even shatters it beyond Wabajack. Like Wabajack's a unique legendary, and technically Belmore Spymaster can produce more things because it can produce ancient giants, right? If Belmore Spymaster pops out in a ramped deck, it can create like 15-15s if that's your max magicka. Hold, so, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Belmore Spymaster is, is, is not a D20. No, that's why I said it shatters it. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. We know how that card works. It's, but it's two. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's actually two <laughs> dice rolls. I don't. We we know specifically how that one works, but it's it's like it. And I guess my other problem with it is it's one of those things that um, it's not like it's the kind of card that like just gradually gets better over time. It's the kind of card that like it's a two drop that if I draw it on like turn fourteen, can do nothing like a two drop probably should at that point or can just outright win you the game right like the 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 swinginess of it is just far too wide for me um i don't yeah i'm not a fan but more spymaster is my least favorite card in the game uh did like you it, ever play hearthstone yeah i did listen <laughs> listen <laughs> i listen here's the thing i hate belmora spymaster more than i hate yog saren and here's why here's why when I play Yog Saren and I know I'm gonna get like 20 free spells, at least yeah. in my head I can justify that with yes, it's a random win, but it's a random win because I just put so much like value into I'm gonna get all of this free shit that it makes sense, right? Like if you you roll enough, sure. you're gonna get something. But more Spy Master is one time, one time, but it fucks you every time. I hate that I card. I feel like so my experience with Yog really experience with Yog, which has been a while. Yog will do something cool and you'll start doing cool stuff and then he'll discard my hand and kill himself almost <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> but the card that I, I think Bamora Spymaster more accurately resembles is Sneed, so old Stritter. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying yeah. that right. Where it like, yeah. pulls out a random legendary when it dies. Uh, and granted, the, the thing that I like about Sneeds is that it has to be a legendary. It was restricted to not quite a D20, but like not as much range yeah. as a spy master and i think that that's the type of effect of effect personally that i would like totally love to see is something that pulls out a random legendary 
you know, specific or random specific type of card, even though that's the RNG that a lot of people, you know, play Tesla to avoid. That's the, I love that card. Yeah. So it's I, like, I, I, I got to ask you a question. I got to ask you a question, man. Are you a fan of Dane who plays Hearthstone? Uh, yeah, Dane. Yeah. I like Dane. I'm a, I, I, I still watch his shit. I haven't Hearthstone in years. Yeah, I'm yeah. a huge fan of his YouTube channel. And I, I just meant bring that up because he plays wild and loves Sneeds. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's one of the reasons where they got engaged with the wild community. Uh, it was him and Control the Board uh, were like two of the big wild people back when I was playing a lot of Hearthstone. And yeah, I think Sneeds is like, it's, you know, it's I think it's more balanced than Balmora because card pool and like, Again, twenty percent of the time you hit nat pay. Yeah, does like, it does it right. sneed like isn't that doesn't that thing cost like eight or something though too? Yeah, and, but it's and, like and so. isn't it like a one of in your deck? So like it's a legend yeah. that pulls a smaller That's card true. pool and costs more, whereas Belmora is like a two drop that you can run three of. And if let's be honest here, if you're playing fucking Belmora, you're playing Cruel Fire Bloom, which is another RNG card that I'm losing to because right. you magically hit my Siege Catapult in a one out of mm -hmm. five chance, you asshole. Right? Like, <laughs> no. This is... You can't have a card like Belmora Spymaster even co come close to being allowed to be in your game if you're going to make yeah. advertisements that say tired of losing to RNG. Like, this... I mean, I think there's definitely an argument. The thing that I about with games that feature no rngs they become almost too board game like you know like even gwent definitely has times where it's like it feels more rigid than other that, card that's games. why i don't like gwent actually. that's why i stopped playing it listen i'm not yeah. i'm not advocating for no rng i think variance sure, is sure. important um there's actually you know I, I hate to beat the artifact bush but that subreddit likes to blow up over now that pax footage was out uh they've realized that creep spawns have this uh like 25 percent chance to attack something not directly across from it and mm -hmm. uh, initial lane placements are random, and they're, like there's some variance in it, right? So people are all up in arms, like, "Oh, I hate RNG and whatever." But here's the truth: like, I play card games because of the variance. Like, mm -hmm. if, to me, a card game is something that says, "I know to a reasonable extent what to expect, but it's going to be different every time." And the skill comes from mitigating the risk and adapting to the new board situations. If I don't have variance, then I don't feel like I'm rewarded for that adaptation. That's what I enjoy. Yeah. So like I yeah. need variance and I'm okay with small pool variance where I can feel like my my decision mattered. But when your variance goes so high to the point of like a Belmora Spymaster, I don't feel rewarded that it rolled Odoving. You know what I mean? Like right. that's not something I felt like was the like I made the right choice at the right time thing. And that that's what matters to me. I, I will say like Belmora Spymaster can be super fucking irritating to play against. I think that you can do that that sort of effect really, really well. Uh, without like making it too much different, I think that Desperate Conjuring is actually one of the best designed cards in Legends. I'm gonna go Desperate ahead. Conjuring. Yeah. See, Absolutely. this is how I know you are. <laughs> I have no idea what that card does. And uh, you're like, a, this is the best. <laughs> it's a three cost card. You sacrifice a creature, and it spawns a random one that costs two more than it. Oh, so it's like an unstable level. Or, yeah, gotcha. You can move up the. Can you. Yeah. I think it is one of the most perfectly designed cards in Legends. So I loved Birthing Pod back in the day, and I loved pod-like decks that would like move up a chain in your, de your, your I, deck. I played against you when you were playing Alter something recently, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, you, like, I... aggro... Yeah, I love Alter. 
I was playing uh, Redoran uh, Conscription. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you didn't even. We didn't even get to the. Con no. Stress me. Um, <laughs> Charmer, what kind of magic did you play when you played magic? Were you mostly a standard guy or like a limited? I mean, I played anything that I could get my hands on. My two favorite formats were standard because of the smaller pool, uh, mm -hmm. and then like any limited format, uh, draft and sealed. Uh, I, I soaked them up, but like I played in a couple of. You know, I'm gonna date myself when I say type one here, right? But like I played, oh, yeah. I played in a couple of uh, other tournaments and things like that. But um, standard, standard was always nice for me because it was a smaller card pool, and um, the truth is, it was also the best format for brewing, in my opinion, because <sighs> because when a new when a new set would launch, like my favorite. Uh, tournaments to compete in were always the local states and regionals specifically right. states was usually after a new block launched so you'd got your first big set in a block and states was the first always big tournament after that happened so like brewing right. for states was the most fun i ever had year after year because it's a small pool but because it's a small pool of cards the new set has a greater impact on what you play uh, a new set is going to only ha likely have like one or two cards that even sees play in like modern or extended or vintage or you know what I mean? Okay. Whereas, I whereas in, in standard, the new set likely has a huge impact. And so now uh, like brewing for the Mirrodin uh, states and the Mirrodin regionals, when that came out, brewing for the Ravnica right. states and the Ravnica regionals, when, when that block right. was out, like that was some of the most fun I ever had playing Dragonstorm in standard, like figuring out how to make that work. Um, oh yeah like i mean i that's what i enjoyed so i will i will argue not even in the sense that i'm necessarily arguing or even disagreeing in that you know standards were really great for brewing i think your point is completely accurate but as a like mostly exclusive uh legacy player you know one of the things that i really like about that format is that it's so wide open there's so many options for you and then if as new cards get printed it, they can completely like birth new archetypes, you know. I mean, I think specifically of Gristlebrand because when Gristlebrand was reprinted, oh, yeah. you know, all of a sudden Sneak and Show became a thing, and Blue Black Reanimator looked vastly different, and Tinfins was became a thing, and like all these different archetypes. And World I, Gorger, I remember that. World Gorger, yeah, World Gorger. If someone World Gorger uh, unas me into oblivion, they deserve <laughs> that match. That is totally. If you mill me and turn all of my cards into fairies, and I just lose in my upkeep, that's fine or in my draw step. Um, but I play, so just to give you a little bit of context, I play, right now I'm in Legacy, and then I play Big Priest, which is like a reanimator package in uh, Hearthstone. That's like the type, those are the type of decks I enjoy, uh, and I like those big, you know, sort of fatty things. But, you know, it's interesting, every time there's a new set, there's always a potential new tool for, like, decks in Legacy. And that's one of the things that I, like, think is very, it makes brewing very capable in that format. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I like I like that it is more wide open. I will definitely say that like whenever I would play in, you know, vin one. vintage slash type 1 tournaments, um like the very last one I played in competitively, I don't think I played against the same deck like all day. You know what I mean? Like literally every round was something new. So I do like that kind of format. Um mm -hmm. but I just really enjoyed the brewing before states and regionals back when I was playing. Like that was I would, basically, those were my two, uh, like I would play in PTQs and things, but like those were my two tournaments that I was the most excited for every time. And then uh, any time that GPs came up that were sealed, um, like I remember I drove 
uh, I don't know, it's like six hours or something to Indianapolis to play like nine hours in a sealed GP once. Um, and then I, I got held out of the day two cuts by losing in the last round to a judge messing up. And I remember just fuming for my six hours home, like the entire time. Like I was so angry. Uh, I probably have like, yeah. So that's one of the things I really love about, you know, there's no cheating, bro. Yeah. There's no cheating. There's no gaming the system. There's no, yes. There's no two explorers. There's no... Tell that to Emissary's Disguise. Emissary's Disguise. Oh, yeah, that did happen for a while. Oh. Our good friend Kassedin was rocking that on the ladder. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, or Kassedin. So there's limited... Che- significantly less options for human error to occur. So, like, a judge call. Like, the thing about judge calls is it's like... Judge calls are in the eye of the beholder. They try to make them very objective, but I've had two different judges in the exact same scenario say a different thing when I like pulled them apart. And, you know, and so I think that there's like that air, like margin for error. And that's, again, one of the things that really appeals to me about, you know, Test Legends is that if I want to sit down and play a long day of, you know, quote unquote competitive conscription, essentially, I don't have to ask, you know, anybody for judge call or have any sort of interaction that could potentially lead to me getting a unwarranted game loss or anything. Yeah. Good times. I know, dude. We're at yeah. that right. Yep, we're, we're hitting that part, Justin Spade. Yeah. It's been two hours. This is a good one. I mean, I... This has been a good one, man. This has been a good one. Yeah, I'm just uh, catching up on chat here, making sure we're not missing questions. We'll do the last call. So if you guys have, guys still have stuff, get it in now before Justin passes out. Woo! I'm uh, I'm scrolling through. Chat's been very active, so it's making the scroll longer. But that's not a bad thing. We love it when chat's active. So thank you guys. And uh, lots of magic talk as we, yeah, we talk I about. I don't that. envy judges. I definitely don't. Envy- yeah no people angle shoot and people do weird things a lot in magic and see it all the time and i see these judges get putting in these really tough situations oof listen i don't envy judges but after seeing like it's not the judge's fault that wizards has such a low barrier to entry for certain judges but after seeing some judges make some boneheaded moves like uh, a buddy of mine once had a judge called over and the person was asking and if it, uh, this was during Odyssey block at that pre-release um, was asking if the elephant token was a permanent and the judge had to go consult another judge. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, like and then that that GP one, like specifically the thing that hosed me out was this dude was trying to attack. Um, it was with some giant artifact creature. I forget what it was at the time. And I said, like, in response, and I was going to play Shatter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he calls a judge over and says that I passed priority. And then after he was playing a giant growth on it said, or whatever, or like after damage was about to be done that like, I was then trying to play the shatter, basically trying to say like, I was doing it after I realized I was going to die. And the judge pulled the old, like, I wasn't there. So we're going to roll it back and replay it. But now he knows I have the shatter in my hand. So he just plays around right. it. Right. So uh, like, like I understand yeah. that the judge has to do the rollback thing, but like you also sure. just fucked me. So the guy totally won on angle, you know, right. and it was no, totally. like I was eight and three and I needed to win that to go to day two of a of a GP, you know, like so oh, totally. I mean, and I see I don't know, I see, you know, 
crap on MTG or players or whatever, but I see people who I respect. One of the things that turned me off a little bit from Magic and really made me get more into digital card games is I would see people who I had a lot of respect for. Even some of my friends do like angle shooting things, and that's never what Magic card games have been about for me. Like I do like winning, but I'm also very community driven and very like much about you know being respectful and being inclusive and seeing people do stuff like that it can be really alienating and like it can be really like in my opinion bad for the community so i although your situation is not angle shooting at all but like angle shooting is one of those things that i speak out very heavily about and if i see people yeah i call them on it because i although it's you know a legal thing they can do i've seen people ask the most loaded questions to people who maybe haven't had as much competitive rel experience and you know maybe are under the pressure and maybe you know might answer improperly and that's just like wrong <laughs> i had uh, one guy try to angle shoot me at a magic tournament once i had this old nervous tick that i had to train out of me after this dickhead did this mm-hmm. um i used to have my hand on top of my library and i would casually drag my thumb not even like hard right just casually drag my thumb up the side right because i liked the mm-hmm. texture of the cards in the sleeves and a guy called a judge on me saying that I was trying to flip the cards up so that I could see the cards in order in my deck and the reflection of the sleeves I was using. And they were matte my sleeves, God. mind you. But that was literally what he called the judge on. So I had to train myself into a new nervous habit. Um, so, like, I had that. The the only angle shoot I've ever, like, respected. Um, and I, I'll admit I'm biased because it was my buddy that was doing it. But part of my playtest group, I had this uh, friend named Zach. And during Onslaught Block, we went to a standard tournament, and he was playing Goblins, right? Mm-hmm. And he, his angle was, at the start of every match, he, when he would sit down, he would say to his, he would shake his hands, introduce himself with the opponent, and he would say, hey, I haven't played since Ice Age, so I, I apologize ahead of time if I have to take time to read cards and stuff. Savage. And, and he had opponents, like, reading the cards they played to him, Oh my right, God. and the dude's a total shark. But he, like, he basically right. had people like teaching him how to play until he was like, like the six and O table. At which point, people were like, "No, fuck you, guy. We figured it out." But yeah. like, the fact that he had people like helping him beat them, and he's playing like Goblin Pile Driver nonsense was was just cracking yeah. me up inside. You know? Okay, so that's pretty amazing. I mean, I guess <laughs> definitely. Yeah, too often, like, you know, oh, is the Planeswalker, you know, is the minus one, minus one on this one that you're attacking with, or is it on the other one that has summoning signet, you know, and, like, do weird things, and you're like, all right, get get with it. That's that's pretty amazing. Also, hats off to Goblins. We recently seen a little bit of Goblins back in the Legacy format since Deathrite Shaman's been banned, and so yeah, yeah. Oh, happy yeah. to see more of that. Yeah, Pile yeah. Driver get wrecked. Yeah. It, goblins is just if it gets going man it's one of the coolest tribal i i will say this i love watching magic content on the internet i love watching like uh people play competitive level magic but i prefer to watch it my favorite way to watch magic content is in the mtgo client wow you yep. are one of a very this, small crowd this is a guy hear me out who, when he goes to Reddit on his phone, uses the browser and not any sort of app whatsoever. <laughs> like, literally goes and uses the desktop version in his browser on his phone. So, yeah. I just want that yeah. to be known when he says this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, I can understand what's going on. Like, it's it's clean. Okay. It's, it uh... is clean. I mean, again, that comes down to... 
nobody's messing anything up. Like you're prompted yeah. at every decision tree. So it's like the amount yeah. of yeah human error that can occur. Okay, I can respect that. I will say too, like this was my problem with Magic Arena, right? Like, and it's one of the it, like it actually made me appreciate Eternal more. Like playing Magic Arena you realize kind of how clunky magic is when you're staring at a board that reminds you of Hearthstone. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and like eternal did a good job of eliminating all that stuff from that, I, that kind of game. Yeah. I think the eternal UI, the thing that I like the really streamlines it and optimizes it for the digital space in such a way that's like, unique to it like mtga is definitely doing a decent job at emulating that but it will never be as smooth and polished in my opinion as the way that uh, eternal feels and that's one of the things i really like about the game is that it super scratches that itch but also yeah i can't play without brainstorm at this point if i'm playing with lands because like i've <laughs> flooded and screwed so much and it's insane yeah yeah well, i mean th th that is of course like my biggest problem with like that kind of resource system in general right is that like sometimes you just mm -hmm. don't get to play listen yeah it's the amount of non-games is insane i yeah. i loved to play a lot of combo and control and I'll, I'll admit that i used to be that scumbag that back when like land destruction was viable and standard i usually played some form of that if it was available like i was that guy that was like turn one birds into stone rain into plow under or like uh, <laughs> like Tribelder into Solemn Simulacrum into Death Cloud for three when they have three lands and I have six, you know, GG. Right. But a lot of that yeah. was also because like I I got so tired of getting fucked by lands one way or the other that I just wanted somebody else to feel my pain. <laughs> oh, totally. So I played uh, Legacy. That was my like most winningest deck or whatever. And it sometimes feels really good to do nothing but, and you know, it's so hard for your opponents to interact with. Um, but I also, speaking to the MTGO client, I played uh, Ad Nauseam and MTGO, and that was an insane, and also Storm, and those were insane decks to play on Modern, or on Moto. Like they were, they, it took a lot of manual dexterity. It was very similar to Nick. You needed to be able to like do all of your stuff in like a reasonable amount of time, uh, you know, and not misclick because a misclick could just cost you the game basically. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh I don't I'm not sure if we have any more questions. We did a last call, but I haven't seen anything. This is a top top 5 show for me, I think. This this felt good. Yeah, this oh, was good. This was much needed after a long week. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. This was awesome. I yeah, it was really nice to be honored with the attending and being asked like <laughs> great engaging questions. What show are you on, bro? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> honored. Like, hey man, I'm honored. <laughs> Listen, we're surprised anytime anyone says yes. Yeah, hey, Endozo is asking me about my favorite strain of beet. I don't know anything about strains of beet, but I really like to put them in a fry pan with butter and a little bit of salt. Mm. I like beets. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Yellow beets, man. Yellow beets are the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I like bad beets when I'm the one that causes them, especially against old people at the casino because that ah. just tilts them so hard. <laughs> you know what else really t uh, tilts senior citizens? Like uh, when I was in my... Gravity? <laughs> yeah, that too. When I was in my early 20s and I would go to the casino like on a Friday when I didn't have class, um, it was almost always like retired people because they're the people who are not working during that time. 
blind yeah. straddling a senior citizen is enough to like make them just immediately tilt and like Wait, what is that phrase blind straddle a so senior like, citizen oh senior citizen yeah i'm trying oh. i'm trying to be polite and not say like yeah, cotton could, top or something you know but yeah, my peers even yeah <laughs> um well in, in my early 20s i wasn't their age now i'm fitting right oh, okay. in but um, yeah, yeah. Over the hill. Wait, what the blind... fuck are we talking about? Are you talking about sexual harassment on old people? No, blind blind straddle is a poker term for Texas Hold'em, Justin. Bro, so... I've played a ton of Texas Hold'em. I've never said blind straddle. So... If I say that kind of thing to a guy in prison where I learned to play poker, I get fucking shanked. Yeah, well, that's because yeah. you played in prison, so you weren't going to say blind straddle. Blind straddle right. is... Um... Hello, good sir. I'd like to blind straddle you. So, like, yeah. hey. so if you play Texas Hold'em, right, there's like a small blind and a big blind, and if you're the person to the left of the big blind, you can take the next raise, and it's called a blind straddle because you're doing it before you've even seen your cards, right? So if okay, you if yeah. you do that before you see your cards, then you also yeah. take... I, I... Okay. You you take decision making from them. So if for the people who think that they're going to get like a quote unquote free hand, which a lot of those frugal senior citizens uh, like to think when they have the big blind, not only awesome. are you saying like your hand's not free, but also they don't have like the check raise thing at the end of the, the first round. So like yeah. it just really like I used to get people who would get angry the first time I would do it. They would get up and go to a different table. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're in your early 20s. Um, there's no greater entertainment than than making than making people angry. You know, now yeah. now as a responsible adult, like I I, I won't I necessarily do it, but yeah. Now I feel like I've so I've definitely been the younger the youth harassing the elderly, or you know, and maybe in not so specific terms, but uh, now when I go to a magic tournament, I and I play against like a youth, and I'm being harassed. I'm like, this is just karma. Yeah. Me. You yeah, know, being yeah. a shithead when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. listen, I uh, <laughs> I know that what I was doing was an asshole move, and I I wouldn't do it now. But back then, yeah. like, it was it was pretty it was pretty funny. Uh, Zenith oh, Dragon okay. asks, "Did I follow them to the new table?" So the the casino that's closest to me, um, the way that it works is like you have to put your name on a list, and then they assign you to a table. So this is also why they were angry. For them to change tables, they had to like get up, get their name back on the list, wait for their turn again to get placed. So basically they were saying like, I'm more willing to spend a half hour waiting to play again than I am to sit next to this dickhead. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, just get me um, so away no, from I, him. Yeah, so like I didn't, I didn't follow him because I didn't want to go like sit through the wait. I just, you know, put whatever the new porcel was through hell who got stuck next to me. <laughs> Good for you. One of the most sort of in a similar vein, one of the most tilting things that I had happened to me like not that long ago is I was playing in a modern tournament, modern magic, and I was playing Scape Shift. And I'm like feeling pretty good about things. And the kid like is like frantically trying to resleeve his unsleeve his soul sister's deck and ran and resleeve his like Naya Zoo deck, but he like can't get it happening fast enough. And so like I'm playing against him round one. And so he just kind of like discards the sleeves and plays his Naya Zoo deck like with no sleeves and it's just like riffle shuffling i was just gonna like say just... people who bridge with no sleeves dude and he's just jamming his cards together and beats the ever-loving shit out of me like i didn't have a chance and i was just turn him home now like i deserved that that was very humbling and uh, <laughs> we'll play test legends <laughs> yeah oh man that would that would that would tilt me so hard oh uh, yeah i was like horizontal when i walked my girlfriend instantly knew she didn't even knew and i'm like oh my god 
<laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Dude, get in there. I really want a good time. Dude, I'm so fucking tired. Yeah, no, it's 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 we need to, good. We need to get a picture of Justin like when he's tired and then put his face on a t-shirt that just says good times. Yeah, exactly. There's a market for t-shirts with my face on them. They sell pretty well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all I sell are these Khajiit ones. I am wearing it. I thought I was hoping... It's a better shirt, to be fair. I, I was hoping that maybe Aphelion wasn't going to be self-promoting, but we're not, oh, yeah. we're not hey, sure, I wore, bros. I definitely wore one of those at PAX the day that you weren't there, ironically. I was wrapping it up there. I was hoping somebody would be like, oh, that's really cool. Tell me about it. And I'd be like, well, well, well. But uh, I did get cold and put on. Yeah, I I wore it that night. So like after we did the panel and we went and changed and I took like the suit off, I, I put oh, yeah, this on. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We went out for sushi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Seattle has good sushi. I mean, there's definitely a lot of really... They, they also have good Actually, tempura ice cream. Yeah, I was going to say, three of the five of us were vegetarians there, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't eat fish either, so it's definitely not... <laughs> can That's look very hungrily at it. Yeah, yeah. All right, good times, guys. Let's, uh... Good times, indeed. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> hey, yeah. wait, you got to get emotes, right, for your channel? I will, yeah. Yeah, you should get... Good times emote is absolutely that's a good idea. Day one, as soon as you hit a. F That's a good idea. I should just get one that says "fuck charmer." Yeah, I mean, just yeah, in no plain terms. <laughs> so my subs <laughs> could just come over to your channel and just spam. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to stream when he's streaming, just so that you can be like, nah. <laughs> Justin needs emotes. Um, so here's what I want from him. He needs a good times one, but he also needs. He yeah. needs to recreate all of the classic Twitch ones, like a Craigasm, like a Kappa or whatever. But each one has to be from a different character. So, like, I want, I want, like, uh, DJ That's Ladies good. Night doing the Craigasm, right? Yeah. Like, I want mm. uh, Nigel doing the Kappa. You know what I mean? That's like, that's what idea. I want. Yeah. Speaking of which, I just unpacked my lava lamp today. <laughs> Damn, good for you. Yeah. It's, you know, like, we're moving down the priority list. Like, uh, you know, the lava lamp wasn't necessary to live here. <laughs> yeah. Subjective, but I understand the sentiment. Absolutely. <laughs> also, good for you for owning a lava lamp in 2018. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Uh, 1997 me is, like, very happy to be having this conversation. Bro, 1997 Justin had a lava lamp, too. <laughs> <laughs> Same lava lamp. <laughs> no, no, it's not, unfortunately. But, yeah, that one was glass. This one's plastic. Yeah. They've yeah. changed. All right. Yeah, you can get lava lamps. You can buy them at, like, Hot Topic. They're, like, kids buy them ironically now, I think. But I, I was totally like, yeah, I'm going to display this. <laughs> Oh, I made I, a joke I'm just about so it. I'm so happy that he wasn't like I'm gonna break this open and drink it. No, uh, you know what though? One time I was uh, under the influence of some stuff, and uh, we were hanging out. We had a bunch of those glow sticks, and like the box that we, the box we got them from said non toxic. So we're like, all right. So we broke them. We you know shook them so they start glowing, and we broke them open. And then we like poured it in our mouths so that like when we like we and then we were, we went out to a club and we're like we're gonna open our mouths and they're gonna be glowing. And it's gonna be hilarious, right? So we're like. We're, I don't know why we thought this was a good idea, but like we we're really high, and like we're like halfway to this fucking club. We're we're in Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, like the guy driving Patrick's like fuck. He like pulls over and just like 
vomits out the car window, right? Because like even though it's not toxic and we weren't gonna die, it was like also just like not digestible, right? Like there's a apparently not like a lot of overlap there. So like in turn, like eventually we like within like 20 minutes, we were all just like horribly, horribly sick, like like stomachs like like convulsing almost. It was it was absolutely atrocious. So don't consume that stuff, guys. Yeah, it sounds I mean that's probably in combination with the you had ingested that. Yeah, I mean, I was rolling my nuts off. Like, it was bad. Times. Yeah, was it? Yeah, <laughs> was it glowing though? Yeah, our vomit was glowing. Yeah, yeah. I well, guess. Good for you. Yeah. So now, now I have this like weird desire to create a glow-in-the-dark Jackson Pollock painting and then yeah. just take photos of it or something. Well, there's several prototypes on the ground of Lawrence, Kansas, like 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tide Pods will wash that out. Oh, that's man, people these days. <laughs> so after being at, at PAX East, we were told not to talk about Tide Pods on stage. And when uh, when I got back that day, I got back to Canada, to Colorado. I was wearing the Bethesda Days T-shirt and uh, Bethesda Gameplay Day or whatever it was T-shirt. And I took a picture of myself like with a big thing of Tide at a fucking Target, like I'm drinking, and I tweeted it out. <laughs> Good for you. You're like, this isn't officially me speaking about it at PAX. Yeah. Our, our podcast has never been officially sponsored, but if it ever was, I really want it to be Tide. Not only because of the Tide pod jokes, but also because they did that Super Bowl marketing thing where they were, they went through everything, and then at the end, they were always like, no, this is a Tide ad. And I just want once to do a podcast, and at the end go, actually, this was a Tide ad. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. Absolutely. All right. All right, well, questions are all caught gentlemen. up. Justin said good times a few times. Yeah. Who wants right. who wants to say the, the closing? What's the closing? <laughs> See y'all on the ladder. Oh, I like it. See y'all on the ladder. <laughs> if you're like nine to seven a month, that's where I'll be hanging out. Absolutely. <laughs>